Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Pursuit. I'm your host, Ben Spangle. As always, here at the show, we want to help you in the pursuit of your best body, mind, spirit, and life. Today, I've got a special guest, a friend of mine, actually, and uh, you're going to love hearing from her. And for a lot of us living in North America, she's on the opposite side of the world, uh, which we're very excited about. So I got my friend Camille Walrath with me. Camille is a mind and body coach, holistic uh, physiotherapist, is the body interpreter. We've had some cool conversations and you are going to love, love the conversation we have today. So thanks, Camille. I've been looking forward to this. Oh, Ben, I'm so excited to be here to be talking to you again. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Uh, give everybody a bit of background. Camille and I met at a Joe Dispenza retreat and had a great connection and have stayed in touch since. And so we chatted about this recently. Um, but Camille, let's start. Tell tell people about you. Tell them a bit about your story. Uh, I know we had a little bit of conversations, but as I read a bit more about you, I learned stuff that I had no idea. So I'm excited to hear about it. <laughs> Yeah, well, so I my my story. I have this fascination with what people call the mind body connection, and I've kind of traced that back through my life to when I was twelve years old. Mm-hmm. Sadly, my grandmother passed away from cancer, mm-hmm. and it it was really difficult for our family because she was only young; she was sixty two. And one of the last things she said when when she was really unwell was, "Is because I had to keep this secret my entire life that I got the cancer," mm-hmm. and Initially, well, we're, we're just living in the country. This is something that people don't really say in the country. So my family are saying, oh, that's ridiculous. But I was only 12, so I did, hadn't already decided w- whether that was okay or not to have feelings associated with your body. And it always just kind of stuck in my mind. And then just a few years ago, I read the book by Anita Murjani, dying to be me. Mm. And, and she's a woman who uh, was really unwell. She was on her deathbed with cancer. And she, she put it into the words that um, cancer wasn't some invading force in my body. I realized it was my own energy, which had been turned back into itself because I was denying parts of who I was. And that really, you know, uh, lit up a light inside me once again, because I, I realized that's what my grandmother was getting at when she said I had to keep this secret my entire life by the way the secret was that her husband my grandfather was adopted so he didn't she didn't he didn't want anyone in the town to know even his own children so that really really was hard for her to not be able to tell her children that um their dad was adopted Hmm. and so yeah so that all came out when when it was happening but yeah so I found that uh yeah I just thought isn't that incredible how um how this is just keeps showing up and and not just with cancer but with so many other interactions that I've had with people over the years as a physiotherapist I've been a physio for 18 years and yeah I could tell you some cool stories about about things that have gone down there as well if yeah you're interested I am 100 <laughs> give us one yeah cool okay so um I had had this client, this woman coming in who had shooting nerve pain down both of her arms and she'd seen doctors, she's had all of these scans and they're saying, look, we, we, I don't think there's anything we can do. Just go see a physio and, you know, hopefully that'll keep you quiet kind of thing. So it they'd kind of given up on her. And I saw this woman and just did the, the manual therapy stuff for, for a couple of sessions. So she'd get a day of relief and then have six days of pain and come back and see me again. And on the third session, I said, all right, so tell me more about what happened when all of this came on. And all of a sudden she just, she said, oh, I've never told anyone this before, which is a thing that seems to keep popping up in my sessions. Mm. And she just told me how she was in this 
um, re her relationship issues and her husband was in intensive care and it just for 45 minutes it just all came out and I just stood there sort of kind of massaging her back listening and hearing her and then she said at the end of the session oh my gosh I think it's gone I think I think I'm I'm better and then sure enough, she called a few days later to say, I don't need to come in next week. It's the pain's gone. Wow. And I told my colleagues and they're saying, oh, no, like I think she, obviously she just wasn't, she was making it up in the first place. And, but I just got really curious about it. So I really dived into lots of studies in the mind-body connection. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't necessarily think they're two different things. Mm. I, I kind of see the mind and body as, red and yellow in the rainbow like they're the same thing but they're just in a different form and we see it differently interesting anyway interesting. <laughs> yeah. so was that early, early on in your physio career the same? yeah it was yeah, yeah. so I, I kept having situations like that and and i i realized that you know no matter how many studies i did or how many methods or techniques i learned it the answers were always in the person. So I, I got just so interested in asking them about their life and about their stresses and relationships and memories and, and how they would always naturally come to their own answers because that your body is a representation of your personal history, your beliefs, your attitudes to life and your conditioning. Mm. And so this sometimes comes through as pain and illness. So all I really need to do is to sort of be be a listener for people because often that's that's all people people have been searching for answers for their shoulder pain but they've never actually spoken to anyone about the fact that they have so much resentment to the, towards their husband that they were divorced from 10 years ago so mm. yeah yeah it, it it always comes out whatever needs to come out comes out in the sessions you said earlier too that uh, how their beliefs can play into their physical health or body stuff like that can you expand on that Absolutely. So I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with the concept of cymatics in, in science. So it's basically, if you, if you look it up on YouTube, it's really fascinating to watch the videos. It's C-Y-M-A-T-I-C-S. And it, it demonstrates how vibration, so they'll, they'll play notes with a, with a violin bow or um, play music through, through water, and it shows how the, the vibration actually arranges matter. So usually it's either water or grains of sand on a metal oh, yeah. plate. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's incredible how, um, how this vibration, you can see it, it makes these patterns in the matter. And that's, that's exactly what we are. So we, we are vibration, we are energy, which mm -hmm. is arranging matter into this shape to be functioning as a human being so so as we alter our energy we we're going to change the the way we're shaped so a, an easy way to think of that is body language mm. so so if we're very confident and open we tend to have a certain type of body language whereas if if we're closed off and shy and maybe have low self-esteem there tends to be a body language or shape that we go into that's associated with that too Mm -hmm. And um, and on the the more microscopic scale, there are also different hormones or different neurotransmitters that we have that are that are dominant in our bodies, according to how we feel and how our energy is. So we can we can change that just with a thought, which is pretty phenomenal. Yeah, that's incredible. It's so incredible. Mm. Um, it's so exciting, isn't it? It is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you had messaged me, so maybe you can tell talk about this too. But even the idea of uh, you were telling me a bit about people with uh, multiple personality disorder and how, yeah. yeah. Can you talk about that? 
So I, I've read a few books by Bernie Siegel. If you're interested in this stuff, I, he has some fantastic material. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things he mentioned, he's a, he's a doctor in the States. He's now retired, but he was one of the pioneering mind-body medicine dudes. Mm-hmm. And uh, he speaks about some people who he came across, patients of his who had multiple personality disorder. Mm-hmm. And which is okay, all okay. But some of them in one personality would have diabetes and in another personality they didn't have diabetes. Or in, in one personality they would have uh, celiac mm-hmm. and in other, another personality they wouldn't. So it it goes to show that the, the disease lies within the personality. It's not necessarily 100% genetics or, you know, things that happen to us. It's actually got so much to do with who we are. So once again, like it's, it's pretty incredible. We can change our personality via working through our, um, our past traumas or intentionally making choices each day and changing our lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And, um, and in that, we can actually change genetic illnesses. And Dr. Joe talks about a lot about that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's so fascinating. I mean, thinking about even that concept that in one personality, they're diabetic, and then something happens, they switch, and it's no longer present. And I wonder, you know, that it's clearly there's a dominant, this is who I am, and a dominant identity in, in both sides of those. But how much that applies to most of us of shifting our own personality and starting to really make some significant changes in our physical health. Right. And, uh, I know Dr. Joe says all the time, but if people are well aware that thoughts could make you sick, right. I mean, you can think yourself into feeling stressed and sick and all of that. It makes sense that you could do the opposite too. Right. You could Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's so, it's so interesting. And I've, I've certainly noticed as I've changed, I feel like I've had multiple lifetimes within this lifetime because I've, I've lived in so many different places and been so many different people. And I used to have terrible allergies and my mom, she's had all of these injections for hay fever and she, she's always got this red face and puffy eyes. And, and I thought, Oh, well, I guess I'm just going down that same road as mom. Mm. Uh, But I I'm realizing now that as I've practiced a lot more meditation and gotten to know myself a lot better, done a lot of personal development work, Mm -hmm. I've let go of a lot of unconscious irritation that I used to have. Hmm. So, so think, you know, irritation, inflammation emotionally was, was presenting as allergies in my body. And I wanted to create a dictionary of this, like, oh, hay fever means that you're irritated all the time. Or, you Mm -hmm. know, like rheumatoid arthritis means that you have repressed anger about your childhood, but it's, it's not like that. I, I studied Louise Hay and, um, you know, various authors who have written about how illness can, can relate to issues in the personality mm-hmm. or, um, or traumas, et cetera. But there's, there's no definitive answer to everything. And I've, I've, I've realized once again, you know, like we, we all make our own meanings of things. So for, for you, what, what is anger might be, uh, might be motivation in me. So mm-hmm. it, we feel it different in our body. Oh yeah. It's just, it's just the subjective meaning we're giving to a feeling really. hundred percent. Yeah. Words are made up, right? There's the best way we can describe something. So it, uh, I couldn't agree more on that. That makes a lot of sense for sure. So, uh, I want to hear some and give our audience some, maybe some strategies. I mean, you mentioned a few things that you've done. So let's say that there have some kind of physical ailment right now, illness, whatever it might be. 
what are some things you recommend that maybe they're not doing right now? So they're, they're going to the doctor, they're doing that stuff. What are some other things you recommend to your clients? Yeah, this is, this is good. Cause I actually, and, and another uh, branch of my story is that I've had uh, a lot of struggles with depression over the years. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've had some very, very low times in my past and uh, skipped around to a lot of doctors, naturopaths, even spiritual healers and, and trying to find the answers. Mm-hmm. And um, what I found for me was that all the time that we're, we're searching, saying maybe this is the, my answer or maybe this is the person that can, can heal me or cure me, then we're, we're still searching outside of ourselves. So that, that energy is, is that we're incomplete and that there's something wrong with us. Mm. So I prefer to look at any symptoms in the body as messengers. It's not that there's something wrong. It's that our body's trying to tell us something. And the only way we can really understand it is if we sit with ourselves or, or even, you know, maybe have a professional facilitator and, and help us to um, listen to our body in a better way. But you always find your own answers if you actually take the time to just slow down and listen listen to yourself. And, and out of, say, a meditation session or maybe a sort of a, a guided imagery session, you might just suddenly have an urge to eat pate, which is an example from my past, or um, or join salsa dancing classes. It's, it's pretty incredible. Sometimes my clients, their homework is to go home and clean their room. And mm. like it, it, it could be such a broad uh, variety of things that are, that are your best course of action. But always when we actually trust ourselves to to know what's best for us, then the answers will emerge. And I, and I don't want to say just sit on your own and never listen to anyone or read any books again, because that's that's all part of getting to know yourself, because we can do personality tests and pick the parts out of that that resonate with us and the parts that don't necessarily sound right to us. So it's, it's certainly useful to seek and learn. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I personally went way too far down that track trying to find the recipes and the answers and the protocols. Mm-hmm. However, it at the end of the day, it all came back to slowing down and listening to the body. So, so it might be, it might start off with a sensation. Just some people are so disconnected from their body that mm-hmm. they don't even notice that they're having a sensation. And, and so they don't realize everyone's like, yeah, that guy's just so cranky all the time, but they have no idea because like our posture that we're unaware of, some people have a hunchback and, and they don't even realize they're doing it. Some people are always say negative with, with what they're speaking about and thinking about. And that's totally unconscious and is how they're functioning in life. Or like I used to be just irritated and angry a lot of the time. And so as, as I slowed down and started looking at myself and noticing the sensations that were arising in my body, I got to sort of understand, okay, body, what are you trying to tell me? And, um, and it was, yeah, for me, it was a lot of self-criticism. So, so I was able to unravel that and, and start some new habits in terms of thought and, uh, lifestyle. And then I'm feeling fabulous. That's incredible. So what, what you're saying is you're noticing the sensation, if there's pain, if there's whatever it might be, something, paying attention to the body, notice it, find it, and then ask it, what are you trying to tell me? And then listen Absolutely. to guidance. Yes. Yeah. So, so for me, that's what works because I, I guess different people work in different ways. Some people love analyzing and, and psychologically nutting things out. And, but I think that there's a lot of benefit, particularly because I work in the 
the physical kind of space with I, I help people move in ways that builds confidence or I help people listen listen to the uh, signs that are coming to them through illness, pain, injury, whatever. So, so that's the space that I work in. So especially if there's some physical condition in the body, I believe that the, the best way to get the answers is to go to the body. And it, it is it can take some time to practice because first it's just feeling the sensation because sometimes that's a step that is quite frightening for people. They've maybe created a coping mechanism in their life where being outside of their body is right. uh, is the safest place to be. So yeah. so you might even start just by by inhabiting the tip of your little finger. And, and so that's, that's the step. And then you're right. Exactly. So it's just noticing the sensations without judgment rather than trying to make a meaning of it. Oh yeah. That's because I was shoveling in the garden yesterday, or that that's yeah. probably because of my dad, like, you know, didn't love me or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It's we're not making meaning, just noticing and describing it. And then you can actually ask your body internally, what are you needing? What, like, what are you trying to tell me here? And sometimes it comes in the form of a picture. Sometimes it's words. Sometimes it's, it's like an, an urge to move. Hmm. So, so it's just a matter of listening to that and continuing to practice and fine tune over time. And it, it can only lead to, to better things. Mm. I love mm. that. Yeah. It's interesting because you talked about how they might say, well, there's that pain, but that's because, you know, my father didn't love me or whatever. I think most people, maybe I'm wrong, but I think most people probably have no idea how much past unresolved trauma, whatever we want to call it, emotional impact is now impacting their body physically today, of course, their mind as well. And uh, and you, you say it well, we're not our past, but I want to make sure I say it right, but how you can be dictated by what you carry from the past. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and it took me a long time to, for this actually to sink in mm-hmm. that we are not a product of our past. We, we are what we're carrying from our past. Mm. So, so things that have happened earlier in my life, they're not set in stone. I can actually change that. I can change my perspective on it. And Dr. John D. Martini, Mm-hmm. He's really good for this. So you can go back to a to an experience. Say, for example, I had this terrible relationship in my late 20s, lots of nasty, nasty stuff. And, and so for many years I was carrying this kind of heaviness with me and, and kind of, oh, I can't trust people and, you know, what if they're going to hurt me again? But then, then I went through this process to find all of the, the benefits to this. So I was, I was carrying this negativity with me because it was such a bad experience. But then I, I realized that he showed me how what little self-worth I had and just reflected it back to me. So he gave me a new level of understanding of myself where I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to settle for that again. So mm. I actually became stronger as a result of being in this negative relationship. So I was able to you know, find many, many benefits of this, this right. bad experience. And then I've, I've transformed my past. It's, it's still the same history on paper, but right. I, I'm carrying a totally different energy about it. So then I was able to release what I, what I was carrying physically into my future. It's amazing. The idea that nothing really has any meaning other than the meaning you assign to it. And it, it's an interesting concept to think about that if nothing has any meaning other than the meaning we actually assign to it, something that happened is just what happened. And then I think what you're saying is transform the meaning, change the meaning of what you're assigning to it. And in doing that, you can change the outcome of it. It's quite interesting. I remember going to a course years ago 
where um, I had not realized how much I was uh, mad with my dad for not really being around. And it was this four day course and everything. And I remember at the end of it, <clears throat> just feeling like, okay, I'm going to talk to my dad. You know, I'm going to call my dad. So I got out of the course. And I called my dad and, uh, you know, I just kind of told him everything. Hey, I wanted to let you know, I was feeling resentful because of this, because of this. And, um, it was an awesome experience. I don't know how he felt about it. We haven't talked about it since. I mean, that was that right. But it was a great experience to just be free of what I hadn't even realized that I was still hanging on to from my past in a way, right? Like you say, changing, you know, changing the meaning behind it. And then what I recognized in doing it to your point was exactly that, that all of those things stemmed into me leading into that's what led me to have more of a drive in business. Part of the reason why I wanted to get successful was because of that. And so what was not what I loved at the time ended up being such a blessing in so many other ways too. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. It's, it's such a nice perspective to have when we're able to, to reflect on those things that are, that are sort of creating pain within us in, in our current lives where, mm -hmm. where there are so many gifts within that to be found. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I think most people listening are familiar with the placebo effect, the concept of it, right? It's, and, yeah. but you, you were telling me that it's kind of like using it as a, I correct me if I'm wrong, as a superpower. Is that what you were saying? Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. That's definitely the words that I use. Yeah. So, talk so talk the, to me about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The placebo effect. It's, it's our ability to heal because of our belief in something, our belief in some treatment. Mm -hmm. So, so people can, can take a sugar pill and have physiological changes in their body that, that help them get relief from Parkinson's disease and, and things that they probably don't even understand at the neurotransmitter level, but they're, they're actually healing from it. So isn't like, it, it blows my mind that this in science or in medicine, if the placebo effect is some kind of pesky thing that they have to prove their medicine is better than, and I'm saying, look, people can heal with For belief. Sure. What, why don't we look into this more? And, and I do like, we, I'm seeing more and more people emerging that are talking about it, which is so exciting, but this is, this is extremely powerful. And having, you know, gone through university, I was, I was very indoctrinated into that. Oh, you know, you need to have the evidence for the treatment and, mm -hmm. and whatnot. But, but now I'm realizing that even scientific studies, the, the results are skewed by the, the researchers' expectations. For sure they are, yeah. Yeah, like that, well, that, that's the, the double slit experiment, isn't it? Like the, in um, quantum physics, the, the, the results of the, the, the experiment were yeah. dictated by what their expectations were. Exactly. So I think, is that the right word? I forget. Yeah, no, no Anyways. the effect, yeah. Yeah, there you go. There yeah. you go. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, yeah so I, I think that it's, and another thing that I, I, I've learned uh, over the course of the years is the most important thing when you go and see somebody for treatment is actually the rapport and trust that you have in the practitioner. It doesn't matter what treatment they do. It doesn't matter if they put needles in you or whatever. It's it's partly the rapport and the belief that you have in that person and also the belief in the treatment. So yeah, if, right. if somebody has got, let's say, cancer, because that's a pretty big one, and they read a book about celery juice and they're like, this is it, this is my thing, then they're probably going to get better. They don't have to, you know, like it's yeah. it's 
all about what we believe in. So that's that's all I care about now. I'm not going to try and convince anybody, oh, you've got to do this exercise or you've got to go on this protocol. That that's irrelevant. What like I can I can offer options because obviously I've got lots of experience in holistic health and, and physical therapy. But uh but at the end of the day, like you can see, like I'm I'm sure you can relate when when you give somebody an option or the, the, they have that look on their face like that's it. Salsa dancing. That's that's what's going to kill my back pain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think it's so cool. Yeah. And and what you're talking about with the observer effect too is just the idea, everybody, if you're listening or not familiar, is that the researcher, as they're watching the experiment, influences the outcome on you know a subatomic level, which ultimately does it. So it's so interesting because I think actually what you're saying too, the idea of diet. So I I've I don't know how many different ways I've eaten. You know, I was vegetarian for a while. I was carnivore for a while. I was doing this for a while. I was doing that for a while, everything. And then finally, on the note of going within, I was just asking, you know, within, okay, what is the right way? And the answer I got was surprising. It was like, honestly, it doesn't really matter. It's, you know, they, they all work and they can all work. And ultimately, to your point is that belief is the determining factor right? You follow some people and I, I like this stuff, but you follow some people and this is the way that, and they get great results and it's amazing and it works. And then you can follow someone else that says, well, you, you should never do that because of this. And that's why you should do this. And it works. So it's so fascinating. If it can work over here and they can find evidence why that way doesn't and vice versa, maybe there's something beyond just the food we're consuming or what it is physically, you know? Definitely. And you've reminded me of a couple of things. Once I think it's like sometimes useful to try different diets. For example, I, I had a go at fitness modeling a few years ago and um, I had to drink 10 liters of water a day coming up to the competition. And I was not a drinker. Like I'd be lucky if I had one glass of water a day, but having gone through that overloading of water, I've been great at drinking water ever since. So, so it was cool for me to visit the other end of the scale so I could find my happy balance in between. So I think, you know, going, going on diets sometimes can be useful, you know, you know, I've got to be careful what I say, but, um, but then like I, I went and did did some studies with this institute who are all about holistic health and they say organic food, you've got to have the best quality water, you've got to never eat a grain, you've got to like it was so, so specific. And I I was I believed it and I did, I felt better like when I was on this diet, but then it started becoming literally orthorexia. I was, I was weighing my food. It was, I was very obsessive about every single thing that I was eating. So it actually became detrimental to my health being on this diet because it was so difficult to maintain. And then socially it was kind of weird because nobody knew what I was allowed to eat and what I could, what I could eat. Right. So, yeah. So it's, it's, it's really um, fascinating. Like once again, it's, it really, I've come back to what feels good. What, what do I feel like right now? And then I can, I can notice like if I'm getting a little clogged in the sinuses, I, I know how to change my diet to sort of bring, bring myself back into balance. But when I was, a lot of people say, oh, go to, go to Europe and you can eat all the gluten there. I, th- I think part of that is that people are just so relaxed. So I used to think I had gluten sensitivity and I went traveling through South America for two months and ate five kilos of bread a day and felt fantastic. And just cause I was, you know, I was on holidays. I was in the sunshine all the time. I didn't have to think about work. I wasn't worried about relationship issues. I was adventuring and like, I was just in a different frame of mind. So we can yeah. often eat whatever we like when, when we're feeling happy. Yeah. So cool. There's, there's a lot we know, but there's so much more we have no idea about. <sighs> hey, 
And just definitely, I, uh, one of my things I've been talking a lot to my friends about is that consciousness is the creative power and that, mm -hmm. you know, and what truly what we actually think and believe makes such an impact on our reality. It's essentially creating it. And I even realized with food recently, I haven't shared this with you since we talked last, but I realized I became aware of how often I would be judging what I was eating, whether this was good for me, bad for me, right? Or I'm going to have this. I know it's not good for me, but I'm going to have it. And it was just recently, you know, that I started to become more aware of in that moment, that thought process. And then whether it's irrelevant really, but the minute I label it and say, this is not going to be good for my body. If uh, the guy that did the study, uh, what's his name? Um, with water there, the impacts of water. Anyways, his name's slipping me, but where he, they would uh, freeze water and what they would do. Is that is, Emoto? Yeah. Emoto. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And how are literally the, the words and the thoughts that people, they were using on water would change the expression of it when they froze it. I mean, if it can have an impact on water like that, what's the impact on our body the minute we're ingesting something and labeling this is good or bad. Exactly. And, you know, and that's not just diet. I used to, when I was fitness modeling, the reason I was doing it was because my self-esteem was so low and I wanted to prove myself to the outside world that I was valuable. And I was over-exercising to a ridiculous degree. And I was exercising because I thought that I was fat. And, and I was very unhealthy. I, I was always getting injured. I was having like, like fluid issues. I was sneezing all the time. And now I, I do 10% of the exercise that I used to do and eat garbage whenever I want. Well, it's, it's not very much because I, I like myself. I'm not going to yeah. like put yeah. garbage into my body, but, yeah. and I did, my body fat is way lower than when I was doing the fitness modeling. And it's, it, you know, wow. it's not calories in versus calories out. It's, it's about our, our, our attitude, our mindset, like our consciousness, as you say. Yeah. Incredible. Tell us some of your best practices for you personally. What are some of the things that you do that make your life work well? You know what's been transformational, which if three years ago, I would have hated to admit it, but meditation, because yeah. I've, I've been in the health space for so long and, and it's like, yeah, meditation's good. Yeah, everyone should meditate. And I'd sit there with insight timer and I'm like, is it over yet? Okay. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> Dr. Joe's really helped me with that because like I was saying before, we memorize aspects of our personality that are probably possibly detrimental to us without realizing. And the only way to become conscious of that is to go to a space where we're not being ourselves. And, yeah. and meditation is a great way to do that because we're going to a space and we're not thinking about who we are and the environment around us and how we relate to everybody. Mm -hmm. So I, I've meditation has like, I can tell if I haven't practiced meditation for one day, I can, I can feel this feeling rising in me. Like it's, it's like a yeah. unsettled kind of feeling. So yeah. meditation is definitely my number one. And then for me personally, I know that I've got to move in the morning. It's really nice to, to get out, go down the beach, have a bit of a stretch and, um, and do like a little bit of occasional weight training, not too much. And, uh, what else? Oh, I love, uh, Andrew Huberman. Oh yeah. 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 He's, he's really cool. And, um, yeah, he's, he's all always banging on about the sunlight. So, yeah. I've, I've <laughs> yeah. so, uh, it's true. It's, it, we have this biological body, like we, we are consciousness. It's so true. But yeah. I, but I think we, we're just so practiced in being a body that it's important for us to recognize that by giving it good fuel, getting sunlight, you know, 
giving it, giving it all of those mechanical things it needs to. For sure. Yeah. Mm. That's awesome. So similar. It's, it's amazing. I feel the exact same way is just for me, meditation, I'll notice if I, if I stop doing it for, like you say, a day, two days, if it happens that my body gets way more tight, I feel a little bit more anxious, that kind of stuff. And I, the best way I can describe it, my life works so much better when, when I take that time. Yeah. It's so worth it. It is so worth it. And, and now my body is just so excited to practice meditation that I'll wake up at four 30 every day and it's still dark. And I think, Oh, I guess the only thing I can do is meditate anyway. And it's such a great start to the day because I've already, you know, been in that space and it's makes everything more spacious and and flows a lot easier. Yeah. That's amazing. Amazing. (laughs) Where, where, uh, if people want to get more information, they want to connect with you, where can they find you? Yeah, I'm I'm on Instagram, Camille.Walrath. Yep. Also Facebook, Camille Walrath, the body interpreter. Okay. And then my website is bodyinterpreter.com.au. Cool. We'll get that in the show notes there. Um, on the note of body interpreting. So when when Camille and I, I don't know if it was the first time we met, but we had been chatting and you were telling me about that and how there was previously some of the stuff you could do, you could basically tell a lot about a person by their face, by their walk, their gait, that kind of stuff. Can you just talk a little bit about that? I think it's fascinating. And uh, we, everybody just, you know, we, Camille did that with me a little bit of it and told me a whole bunch of me that was very much me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I I suppose you could describe the areas as psychosomatics, how, how our psyche is represented in, in our somatic uh, body. Uh, Also, uh, I, I studied an epi, a genetics course, which, taught us a lot about how personalities relate to certain body types and even um in ayurveda they talk about the doshas right so um and that even gets to skin type and eye color and uh, voice tone of voice so you really can um when you go deep in this tell a lot about a person and i i used to actually do body readings for people i did it recently in a festival as well it was really fun and um you can like you can see by the tilt of somebody's eyes, for example, somebody who has eyes that come up uh, tends to have a very uh, positive outlook and see the best in everything. Or somebody who has eyes that tilt down a little more um, can, is more likely to be able to see upcoming problems than the other person. And they also tend to be a little more compassionate. So yeah. it, it's it's really cool. Or, t- or tall people uh, are, tend to be a bit more creative or you can see it in long fingers. There's, there's creativity there. Or, or somebody who's kind of stocky and broad tends to just give the most incredible hugs and you know that they're just going to be so loyal and care about you and, and make sure that you're okay. You can really lean on them because they're, they're strong and sturdy, right? Yeah. So it, 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 it's a very fascinating uh, line of study. However, I, um, I, I don't jump straight to it always with people because yeah. sometimes... Um, people can be unpredictable. Like I had this massage therapist who was very much one of those sturdy, reliable, like steady kind of people. And then she, she moved towns and I'm like, well, that's not what your body said you were going to do. I thought I could count on you forever to be down the road from me. (laughs) (laughs) People are always going to be unpredictable. And so I I never want to say this is who you are, um, you know, like, and you can't be any other way because we all have free will. We all have choices in our life and we don't have to necessarily stick to that, but it is a fantastic way of getting to understand ourselves better because a lot of people, 
can't see their own strengths. They can't see the fantastic things about them. And I love like your hairline is this self-mastery hairline. It's right. like, a, you know, you, you love pursuit, right? Like that's, that's exactly what your face is saying. It's like, it's cool. And I know I'm going to get along with you because, yeah. because of the way you look. <laughs> yeah. That's so awesome. So and good. we all do that subconsciously, but yeah, some, some people can take it a bit further than others. Yeah. It is interesting. Mm. Yeah, it's really interesting. It's so cool. <laughs> Um, what would you want to leave people with? We've talked about a lot of stuff, right? We've talked a lot of it, how much, of course, our thoughts and emotions are impacting our body, our past and all of that. And yeah, I mean, what, what would you want to leave people with today in terms of your, your message or hope for them? That you have all of your own answers. Mm. All, all you got to do is slow down and they're there. That's awesome. <laughs> Camille, I loved our time together. It's so great. Everybody, I know you enjoyed this. Connect with Camille. She's wonderful. You're, I look forward to you guys getting to know her more for sure. She's amazing. And um, hey, as always, if you're new to the show, make sure to subscribe and then share the show too. Tag Camille when you do, tag myself, send this out to somebody. I know this can help some people. So, Camille, thank you for your time. I know a big part thank of you so much, is wanting to make a difference in people's lives. And I appreciate the time you're sharing with all of us. Thanks. Thank you too.